0: Jason Bailey Losh and you're listening to Seeing is Forgetting. Conversations on Contemporary Art and Culture in Los Angeles and Beyond. This is Paul Losh. My dad said he talked too much in today's interview. So I'd like to introduce New York artist B. Wards. Here's B.
1: Office. It's all right.
0: I think we're good. And yeah. if it rings, it's just. And it's life. It's part of life. We're live on site. Yeah. B, thank yeah. you for taking the time to speak with me today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for visiting.
0: I was trying to think of a way to start the conversation because I have so many things to say or to, to remark upon, and I want to hear about different things from you. But I guess to start with, I wanted to maybe go back and talk about how we met. So, you may not remember, but...
1: Well, <laughs> I know it's through Manuela.
0: It was through Manuela. Yeah. I wrote the gallery to ask if I could write you, I wrote you a nice letter. Yeah. Because I had read the article between you and John Newman in Bomb Magazine yeah. from 2012. Yeah. I don't think you really understand how much of an influence that has been. I keep that 2012 Bomb Magazine article on my desk in my studio. And whenever I do a studio visit, I bring that up to people and then I send them a copy of the article because it was so important to me.
1: That's really nice.
0: And and I go back, I read it again today and I go back regularly and I try to go back and read it and I keep it right there. And it, it just was, for me, it was one of those things where it was two people having a conversation in a really non, it wasn't art speak, it was two genuine artists having a conversation about work and really talking about it in a way that people can relate to but also every time I go back to it I find something new to sort of think about right. which is which was really great to, to further on that story I had written you and you wrote back really quickly I do remember now yeah and yeah. and then I wrote I was interviewed by Artist Space online and I sent like I think I sent a blanket email out to people and I mentioned that article in the artist space interview and you wrote me back like that same day off of this blanket email I didn't even send it to you drag I didn't tell you it was in there and you'd read the article and you wrote back and you were so kind about including you in the interview that I did and I thought it was nice and then afterwards we had set up uh, a time for me to come meet you and it was here in the house
1: yeah it's coming back
0: right so that time in the house which is another story that I I tell often uh, you were so uh, courteous and humble but also kind to allow me into your home, show me the studio. But we sat across that kitchen table downstairs for close to two hours. I
1: I definitely remember. Yeah, and just talk
0: sculpture and I don't remember some of the specifics of the conversation but I remember how important it was to me at the time. And then we came upstairs which was even great, we're up in the studio space right now on the third floor. And I remember coming up here and you were showing me something, and I looked at one of the sculptures that was actually sitting over there. And I said, do you mind if we take that apart? <laughs> I was like, and you were like, yeah, let's take the tank hand. I was like, the inset screw, did you do that on purpose? And what was the reasoning behind? <laughs> and, and I just remember thinking, like, not very many people would take the time to do those things and allow somebody into their space like that. And I. I, it was very important to me. Yeah,
1: but if you don't do things like that, you shut yourself off from life. I agree. It's not like you knocked on the door randomly. You were recommended <laughs> by someone I really like. Right. And it it interests me. I mean...
0: We should say it, Manuela was at, she was yeah. one of the directors at Metro Pictures, right, which right. is the gallery you show at. Yeah. That's who I went through.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's also interesting um, that interview i did with john i have also heard other people say how much they loved that interview really it's really nice to hear and when i think back uh we just sat in his studio at the table with a tape recorder bomb magazine had to transcribe whatever it was like an hour and a half and edit it and edit it
0: well there's there's even a section in there where it's like it goes back and forth and it lists john and it lists b and on some of those it says b and it just says laughter
1: <laughs> yeah so that in itself was you know there's nothing wrong with email interviews it's done a lot now they work but there's something really great about just sitting there's something there lost talking. in the communication yeah it's like the old-fashioned way well i have found
0: too from doing these podcasts that it is always much better to be sitting in a room, sitting across from somebody and having a conversation. Yeah. Just reading body language.
1: Yeah. Like the old world, but let's not lose it completely. Jonathan (laughs) Richmond, remember that song, The Old World? No, I do not. Oh, you have to look that up. That's great.
0: (laughs) So I guess there's so many places to start in this. We could talk about the sculpture. We could talk about the, the things you're doing now. But really, I went through, and I guess since we're talking about this article... I went through and I took some notes on some of the things that you and John spoke about in it, which stood out to me. And I think maybe we can start there. One of the things, and I'll just go down through the list, was you said there's a big difference between being derivative and using history as a starting point for your art. Mm -hmm. And that was in response to something John said. But I often see work, and it doesn't have to be contemporary, that doesn't use history as a starting point. Mm -hmm. and that referencing back to to that time so where does I guess where does that come into play for you when you're when you're thinking about your work history of the object or
1: I you know it's funny because I had this I took my first art history class in when I was at UC Santa Barbara, before I transferred to UC Berkeley for undergraduate, Jansen History of Art was my textbook, which I'm just actually giving as a birthday gift to my little eight-year-old neighbor out in South Hall. Really? I think, uh, I'm hoping he just loves looking at the picture. Yeah. I mean, so, so art history. So I remember when I took the class, I mean, I took some later art, history classes and they were like I thought oh, I'll take the art of India but it was was this so, in college or what yeah was college but it was so detailed like memorized super dense it. but the first art history class art one or what it was called um, I already knew a lot of it just because I'd been interested in art from growing up or? yeah from growing up so I got it Easy A. I learned later. No, that doesn't work later. But, right, uh, but with the, the intro, basic stuff... Where did you grow up? Santa Barbara.
0: Okay, and yeah. what, what did your parents do that you...
1: Um, They were not artists, but my father was uh, he was an engineer, but his hobby was woodworking in right. a garage workshop. Yeah. I probably talked about this with John, did I? I haven't read that. In no, yet. I don't okay. believe okay. that. I don't uh, believe yeah, that. he had a little... Uh, Set up in the garage, he'd make furniture, toys for me and my sister, uh, cut up wood for me for blocks. and
0: I do the same with my children. My studio's behind crazy. my house, yeah. and they're always in my studio. Yeah,
1: yeah sim- very much the same thing. Yeah, um, And that was, those were my first sculptures. I'd gr- glue little scrap woods pieces into houses and draw war- d- doors and windows, you know, sitting on the floors or adults. Tiny child, so I obviously got like. Sometimes I really think about my father when I am making to doing this day. stuff that yeah. I really got that from him. My mother was actually more interested in art in a way, uh, not really like art, but she, you know, she had a great, great taste in clothes. She was really into. Decorating the house, you know. She so, had an eye. No, so not literally art, but she's very visual. She had an eye for this stuff. Yeah, and later she was the one that actually, I think, more related to my work. You know, as a, when I was an adult, more related to my art than my father actually did. So I really got stuff from both of them. But going back to the question about art history, so because I started as a small child and I saw people like Calder and Picasso and you know and then later Duchamp when I was in high school and stuff they influenced me in the way that we're all influenced but I I never um like sat down and thought what should I do and thought about some other artists
0: to try to replicate to try to, right replicate what they were um, doing
1: and also, I know this can be useful p- to people, but I never like sat in a museum and copied another work or anything. I do think that, unfortunately, nowadays, sometimes you see work and you think, do those people know anything about art history because this has already been done before? Do they even in, know in that? In
0: very much the same way. Yeah.
1: Do they even know that?
0: At a certain point, is it the gallery's responsibility that they're showing with to ha- to educate, <laughs> to, to have a conversation, you know what I mean?
1: Uh, I don't think it is. I think if they did that, it wouldn't be a bad idea. But um, I don't know. I don't want to be like down on I'm I'm not down either. Because I'm not. Because the art world is such a mixture. There's great... Inventive people all the time. There's also a lot of mediocre things and a lot of. But that's uh, life in general, right? It is. It's true. And sometimes the market likes the stuff that's imitations.
0: That's true because it's already a known. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: doesn't mean it's good work. Right. We know the deal with the market. We totally know the deal with the market. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Uh, well, it's
0: just it's interesting to me yeah. to think about like where you come from out of looking yeah. at, at work. What, what do you look at today? You go to a lot of shows. I
1: try. I I miss so much and then I feel bad. Well, but uh, New
0: York is full.
1: I know, but then some people, you know, my, some people my age just hole up in their studio and they don't, and they don't go see anything. How old are I, you? Know? I'm about to be 69. Are you really? Yeah. June
0: thirteenth. That amazes me because you are out. You're so involved in everything. You haven't closed yourself in the studio.
1: No, I haven't. I, I mean, that's one of the great things about New York City—to go out and right. see something. Uh, you know, a well, lot you of live times in th- for free at the gallery. You live
0: in the thick of it, though, too. Yeah you're you're here on the what is this the Lower East, Lower side? East side yeah Lower East Side so. although
1: when we moved to the Lower East Side there was in nothing over here 1986
0: that's how long you've been were, in this place
1: not in this house but in yeah. the neighborhood wow there were there were no galleries here there were, they were in the East Village right but right, right. Um, now it's really down here I mean who would have thought well
0: pretty soon there might not be any down here either if the market keeps going the way it is I don't <laughs> know where they'll go next it's crazy
1: uh, I did have a Pretty steady career, but a career with a lot of frustrations, a lot of being ignored. And Starting stuff. when? When do you think Starting that? Starting after I got out of Cal Arts, which did you was go? Is that grad school or undergrad? Yeah, graduate school. You went to grad so school. Around 1980, I showed at LACE in Los Angeles. Right, LACE and, has been there forever. Yeah, still there today. Yeah, and uh, and then we moved to New York, and my wife Ann and I moved here in uh, 1985. Don't want to dwell on the career stuff, but. Well, I think it's important for people to know, though, Well, yeah, it actually interests me because I think, wow, why did I stick with it with so many frustrations? It's a question I I ask myself all the time. I can't stop doing it. No, you have to be who you are. You have to be who you are. But what happened was then later, when I was older, like sometime in the 2000s, people started to be more interested in my work and they were all young people, young artists. That's not what made me go out and look at art, but I was obviously seeing work by young people because I'd try to go see shows, but I thought, whoa, that's really nice. If young people are they interested value in my in, work, yeah. that makes me feel like I should keep on and that I should really be happy about that. What's nice is then my work so- sort of suddenly fit into more of what people were interested in instead of ba- the time. baffling them.
0: Do you think it did for a long time? I do. They didn't quite get. I don't what was think going
1: they out? got it. I think partly. Um, were, you, were
0: you making the same type of stuff that you're making now? Or oh not? yeah.
1: I mean, I've been very weirdly consistent. You're super
0: consistent. which yeah. I looked at the date on one of the images yeah. from that bomb article.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was like '95 or something. And I was.
1: <laughs> it seems recent. Amazing. It looked, but
0: the yeah. the work is very consistent throughout. It's impressive.
1: It's, a, it's um, consistent, but I luckily don't feel I've just repeated myself. not at all. But to have a language and to stick with it, I find fascinating too.
0: You ha- I, I think it's important. Yeah, I think it's, I think in a when you're talking about galleries, the galleries always sort of want the next thing, right? Because they've sold out of a certain thing or they, they feel like that idea might need to be rehashed in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So they always want the next iteration of what you're going mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So to be able to stay consistent, if you look back on our history and you start looking at some of these artists, they're pretty consistent throughout. The ones who, who last, they're doing the same thing yeah. because that, they know that's where they need to be in the work, not because yeah. that's what is selling or anything else. Right,
1: right. Uh, and luckily for me, you know, I am represented by quite a few galleries now, but they all <laughs> did it because they were interested in my work. No there was no like um, oh let's cash in on some marketing. <laughs> no, they were all interested in my work and that's well your way it should be in my mind. Well
0: you're adding something to the program. Yeah. That's the why program, they bring you in. Yeah
1: but they just, they're just are interested in the work. Just yeah. period. They're just interested in it.
0: That's great. Yeah, it is great. So you're showing at Metro?
1: Uh Uh-huh. I show at Richard Theus in in LA, LA, at uh, Kate McGarry in London, Gregor Podnar in Berlin, Office Baroque in Brussels, of Valbuena in Madrid and now Lisbon, they have a space in Lisbon.
0: That's like, I, I didn't even realize you were in that many spaces.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, how do I end up with so many galleries? But like I said, it was all because people were interested in the work.
0: Early on, one of your first galleries was Feature.
1: Feature, yeah. So... And Hudson. Yeah, Hudson was a big supporter. I mean, super important to me.
0: Was he one of your first galleries? or?
1: Yeah. He was based in Chicago, but he would come to visit New York all the time, and I had a... I was in a show at Artist Space, and he was friends with Bill Olander, who used to be at the New Museum, yeah. who sadly died of AIDS. You know, one of that group of people that died all of a sudden.
0: This was the 80s?
1: Yeah, the 80s. Anyway, Hudson saw my work at Artist Space, and did he call me. I mean, this was the days before computers. Yeah. How
0: are you getting in touch with somebody?
1: I think he called me on a landline. Said, yeah, <laughs> and said, "Would you be interested in sending me slides?" And
0: because this is also the age of slides. Yeah,
1: the age of slides. <laughs> and I didn't know who he was. And I said, "Oh, what artist do you show?" Because I it tell was this ex- story a lot of times. But but it, because it was expensive to send slides too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you it was were a finding bit it. of a hassle, but no, I just wanted to know more who this guy was, was this yeah. worth my time. And, and he said, well, I show Richard Prince. I thought, okay, that's a serious <laughs> guy. That's a good gallery. I don't need to hear anymore. So I sent him slides and that's how we got got connected. And then I had a show, I was thinking a group show in Chicago, then a solo show in Chicago. And then, as you know, he ended up moving to New York. But he opened up the gallery here. Yeah, he opened up the gallery here. So I was with him for years.
0: I always... So one of the reasons I talked to you a little bit before this, I wanted to bring up Hudson, because I somebody posted an image the other day online, and it was an artist who was in my graduate school. He was a year below me, and he he was a younger guy. And he said, oh, I was just going through my stuff, and I found this letter from Hudson and it was just he he remarked about how nice it was to get that note and what it meant to him as a young artist sort of coming into new york city and having mm-hmm. somebody respond to him and write back i thought about that and i didn't have a chance to know him but you wrote his obituary what was mm-hmm. for art forum
1: yeah art forum yeah
0: i wanted to know why he has had such a presence, and why people talked about him sort of the way that he did, who he was sort of as an individual.
1: He had an incredible eye for art, as you know. I mean, the people he would show, you know, Jeff Koons, one of his, if not his first show there, I forget the whole history of it, but uh, he knew what he liked. He w- he made art himself, he was a performance was artist. Was he? Yeah. He just had a comp- total eye for art. He had a commercial gallery. I mean, this was, as people say, this was what was great and not so great about Hudson. He was pure. It was about the art. But a lot of times the <laughs> gallery didn't function so well on a business level. How did he keep the doors open? He kept the doors open because he did sell enough work. He never had a backer. At That's all, That's remarkable. Really? Never. So he sold some artists' work more than others. He sold... Um, secondary market stuff
0: yeah and he had relationships with these artists
1: yeah and some of his artists did very well made a lot of money he hung in there we as artists had frustrations because you know maybe he could have done more for our careers but he was who he was and i accepted it i i managed to survive all these years and To me, it wasn't about making money. It's a little (laughs) frustrating when you never sell anything. And this is another thing I have in common with all the galleries I work with. We really talk about the work. It's not like being in a corporation where you're just a product and it's n- and it's just about business, It's all it was always talking about the work. I don't think too. people
0: realize how rare that is, to have gallerists that want to have conversations about where the work is going.
1: But maybe it's rare, but it's also maybe rarer to, to be able to really talk to right. people about art. My first gallery in New York was Bess Cutler Gallery, which no longer has a gallery, and you know, I, it was good to have a gallery, but we didn't. Re- I don't think she really understood my work.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it was always a problem. How old, How old were you in heaven? Eighty-six. Same with maybe maybe a little later, eighty-seven. You know, I don't remember. Wait, exactly. so you were showing
0: both of them at the same time?
1: Well, she was in New York. He was in oh, Chicago. Oh, he was still in Chicago. Yeah, was in Chicago. He was still in Chicago, and then yeah. she
0: closed, and he came yeah. here.
1: Now the other thing that's interesting about the history, Helene Weiner, who's at Metro Pictures, yeah, in a way she's kind of almost really responsible for my career because I met her out at Cal Arts. What she was she doing? She came out to curate an alumni show. She was a curator back then. She had just opened Metro Pictures. Really. She came out to Cal Arts. I knew who she was. Of course, we all knew about the pictures people at Cal right. Arts, yeah. and I met her. I don't know, I must have had work up somewhere in the school, and a a fellow student said, oh, Helene really likes your work. And Of course, Helene would not remember meeting me there, because I was just some student. But but anyway, she said, you know, I was probably already thinking about possibly moving to New York even then, CalArts was so related to New York. All the artists, Baldessari, Hubler, Borofsky, they all showed in New York. Right. <laughs> they were. It, the school was so New York-oriented that you immediately just sort of focused on New York. It's funny, that's the way that... You wouldn't think about it. that now. No, it's very different now. It's LA's so, so different. different. Yeah. But anyway, so back to Helene. No. She had... Not so long ago, left as artist space. The, I think she was the director. She told me who the new dir- director was, Valerie Smith.
0: At artist space.
1: And then when we moved to New York, I looked up Valerie Smith, and had my was in the group show there fairly soon after we moved here. Did you
0: go talk to her? Did you? Yeah, I met yet? with
1: her. She came to the studio. I remember she got really frustrated because <laughs> we were subletting from. We, no, not subletting. We traded, well, yeah, subletting. We traded, do you know the artists Kate Erickson and Mel Ziegler? Um, Mel Ziegler. Mel's still alive. Kate sadly died of a brain tumor quite a few years ago, quite a while ago. Anyway, they came out to teach in L.A., and we traded our apartment in Hollywood for theirs. They had a little apartment in the village and a separate studio, In in the same room, in the same separate place? The studio was over further up, 12th, like West 12th Street, kind of by the river. Building's no longer there. So Valerie went to the apartment instead of the studio, and she was yelling up, and, Holy moly. and I wasn't there. And she, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, oh, I think she really got mad at me. But anyway, it was fine. we you still got in the show. Yeah, we rescheduled. <laughs> she put me in the show. And to go back to the before, that's where Hudson saw my work. Tracing it all back. Hall Arts, Helene Weiner, Hudson, probably... The three most important things I ever, that ever happened is to where, why, why I'm, why I'm, we're sitting here right now. And now you're at yeah. Metro. Yeah. Circle back yeah, around. She'd all, I'd always known her and she'd always liked my work. So um, let's talk a
0: little bit about the object, if you don't mind. The objects in your work specifically. Yeah. I'm thinking about, because I use found objects in my work, I use them differently than the way you do. Yeah, I know your work. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling the audience. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
1: this is for other people to listen this to. This is for other people.
0: Yeah, it's like a learning experience. Yeah. People are like, listen, uh, they don't want to hear a lot about me. They want to hear more about mm-hmm. you. How you value objects in your work and in this article from Bomb, mm-hmm. you talk about two different types of objects. You talk about an object where you use the real value of the object that isn't obscured by the uh by the ultimate form or the the gestalt of the sculpture, and then you talk about a generic object, and you talk mm-hmm. about the generic object being sort of like something you found, maybe a wire or a piece of wood, probably something that you might be used in your father's studio as a kid, mm-hmm. right? When you're sourcing materials, and I think it's interesting for people who don't know, like your studio spaces in your your basement. One well, of one, the, of one, one of, of the, the...
1: that's like the wood shop, thing. right? Now this is for cleaners. This is for cleaner stuff, okay. for cleaner stuff.
0: but yeah. in the basement there's yeah. like stuff. Tiled up. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do you, when you when you're thinking about sourcing your materials, when you're thinking about what you want, is it just sort of by happenstance, or do you go looking? What do you think about?
1: Um, well, uh, yeah, I kind of have formulated an answer to that question. The objects are kind of two categories. There's the found ordinary stuff, meaning shoelaces plastic bags, food containers. Pre-manufactured. Yes, things produced that are used by people in the world. The other things, the wire and the wood, sometimes found, sometimes bought in lumber stores, hardware stores, particular kinds of, you know, not like fancy hardwood. I I like pine. But those objects are almost more, to me, like oil paint for a painter. Right. Those are the things I use to add to the ordinary objects existing in the world. Those are what I add to do something else formally with it.
0: Do you think they're what sort of set the composition as a as a base, and then everything gets built upon that? It's
1: sort of equal. That you weigh I think them. there's no... right you sort of balance. I mean, I feel like I need to probably... No, that's not even true. I was going to say I need the, the found object, say a plastic bag. I need to start with that. But that's not always true. I might just have an interesting... Uh,
0: like a base uh, like or something? I like found
1: wood, too, in particular. You do. Or, or sometimes I've... Maybe cut up pieces of wood and so like if, we're looking, said,
0: if we're looking at a piece and it has a two by four as part of the base of a structure, yeah. it could equally be a piece of found or manufactured by you yeah so
1: but sometimes like I'll pick up like something that's sitting there and start to make a base and oh this could make a great base and then I add the ordinary found objects, right. the manufactured stuff. So it could be either way. I was, I was going to say, oh, I'd start with the, like the plastic bag and then add to that, but it, it could be either way. Do you it, think it's,
0: there's a mix in your work, as far as I can see, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, that sometimes the found object is not so clearly defined and you don't know what it is right away, and at other times it's obvious what it is? So, like, uh, for instance, the, one of the pieces with the, the, the Brooklyn Museum plastic bag mm-hmm. that's sitting over the top, it's very obvious that it, it is the plastic bag for the Brooklyn Museum. On other ones, you'll see uh, the little nets hanging off. But I think sometimes the original place of that object is not obscured, but it isn't as present as what the composition is. So the composition mm-hmm. sort of takes over what formerly... So there's this play between letting people see what the real object is, and do you understand what I'm saying?
1: I do, but I don't, you know, like like you mentioned before, I don't want to obscure what the Things that's what I wondered. No, you want I, them to I, no, be present. No, they need to be. It's like a. I think of it as like educational. Like, no, see the thing for what it is.
0: Like the cup, how, the lid for the.
1: Yeah, like you know how that functions in the world. But it's like the stuff that's so ignored. So take those they...
0: take those individual pieces out of it. What's great about that piece? Like the yeah. color of the lid or the texture yeah, of what's yeah. coming out of that and recognize that there are some some of these things existing around you all the time.
1: And even if it's not even a wonderful color or something, it's still got a shape. Yeah, I love the ones with the great colors and stuff, but even the super plain, like just clear plastic, just the shape. And and to try to do something with that where that's something you'd really ignore. (laughs) Like, you wouldn't say, oh, look at that beautiful colored lid. It was like, oh, well, there's like one of those lids that no one ever thinks about. To put it in a place where, right, like, so I try to do something formally to make it have a bit more presence.
0: Well, it's like your cake pan series. The the tins on the wall. Are they cake pans or are they? they
1: They're... Take out yeah, containers, take roasting pans, roasting pans, grocery the, store, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. The the installation that was yeah. at the
1: You know, that's a that is a good example because they're incredible that they have those patterns and people designed those yeah. patterns. But you're right, they are so ubiquitous. Yeah. They're ignored.
0: Completely ignored. I'm thinking about I'm just thinking about your objects and for me this is in fact this podcast is just mostly for me not anybody else (laughs) that's
1: fine (laughs) gotta be interesting for you or don't do it (laughs) when you're running
0: when you're running threads or string through that work are you thinking about it in terms of like the mark on a page like a line Mm -hmm. you are right yeah
1: I used to draw a lot as a child did you
0: ever see the Al Taylor drawings uh yeah he has these beautiful drawings that go do you like the al taylor sculptures i
1: do i really like his work i sometimes i had the feeling that drawings were done after the fact
0: they bothered me a little i couldn't figure this was my question here yeah i i want to like them like a lot but i couldn't ever figure out and i started trying to do drawings but every time i did a drawing i was doing it after i built the sculpture and it felt like purposeless
1: yeah, well, that's, I have to say, because I'm a big fan of Al Taylor, but I don't love the drawings. And that was my thing. I thought, this looks like some kind of market strategy to do To these make a afters. flat work, right. Right. And it kind of bothers me. Right, I don't think they're that great. I don't think I he, know,
0: I don't, I could be completely wrong, but it doesn't look like he drew those as precursors no. to making the objects. No.
1: I mean, they're not terrible drawings. No, 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 no They're watercolors. No, they're fine. Water yeah, they're nice. But uh, so for me, I do. You know, when we would go on vacations in the car with my parents, me and my sister, we always had drawing pads. My parents would give it to us, and we would draw the whole time. So I always loved to draw, and I don't draw. Well, there's a drawing there. That's like a study for a project. Well this is like project. a pre study. Yeah, pre study. Yeah. But I also like love those that I do them without that theirs are like a working drawing. Well I actually sign and date those because do you really? they fascinate me. Um does anybody they, have these? What?
0: Do you sell these or not? Does anybody No have... no
1: no I haven't never sold They're them. for I, yourself. I have a lot that I say because I it's part of my process. However, yeah. I don't Once in a while, I'll do work with literally drawing in it with pencil or something or pen, but what happened was the objects took the place of the drawings with the linear elements, what you were just talking about. The thread, the the wire, shoelaces, string becomes very linear, especially the wall, things that hang on the wall. So I think of those as being... My drawings now—more yeah. what I do. for my I, I can see it.
0: And when I'm when I'm building and when I'm in the shop, the reason I do the paintings and these gestural things is because I, I couldn't figure it out forever. And for a long time, I was thinking that I was just doing something trying to be commercial or trying to make a painting or something like that. And what I figured out was is that I'm doing these drawings over and over and over again and repeat and changing them slightly each time because it's all the objects in the studio and I'm flattening them out, and at the same time I'm building a sculpture, I'm doing a drawing, so that I can understand how to make the sculpture. Because these, you'll see the same Shapes repeating themselves in the drawings to circle back into the sculptures to tell me how to use mm-hmm. them. And, so and they're f-
1: kind of like working drawings.
0: Yeah, but it took me forever to figure out that's what they were. <laughs> yeah. Do, you know, you're <laughs> yeah. in the studio just making right. and not even thinking about why you're making the thing you're making.
1: Well, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking drawing because I love drawing. And there's a lot of people that make 3D yeah, absolutely. things and drawings, and, and it's fine. In my case, I just, they'd sort of fell aside a little literally making the drawing
0: because the object is what yeah the object
1: became the drawing
0: i have always wondered about the relationship or how do you look at somebody i think the closest person somebody might associate your work with is like richard tuttle
1: mm. yeah i get compared with him a lot
0: i wondered about that so how do you feel about that what
1: i, I it's fine <clears throat> I, I i i like richard as a person i i think his work's great I see a connection.
0: So tell me the difference.
1: But I feel like there's more differences. So tell me the differences. That's what I want to know. Yeah. First of all, I think I would think of his work as coming out of abstract expressionism and minimalism. Right. My work comes more out of pop, surrealism, more pop, I think, than surrealism and conceptual work. To me, that says what the biggest difference is. Why do you say pop? Um... Because of the everyday? Because of the everyday Because of the everyday. Yeah, yeah. And I loved, I always loved Warhol's work. My work is not like Warhol, but I think he was a big influence. Was he? Yeah. I think he's an amazing artist. Was
0: there a particular thing you liked, like a series out of there, or you liked everything?
1: I liked pretty much everything. But what's great and why I love being compared to Richard Tuttle is we have, I think, a similar way we manipulate, make, manipulate a, a similar attitude toward, towards the materials, I hate, a, I simple, think you have a similar formal eye. thing.
0: You have an eye. You both sort of work a composition in the same way.
1: Yeah. The formal uh stu- a- and even what i said is the differences there's some overlap there too right. with both of us obviously so i love being compared to him but it- it's very different work yeah anyway I-,
0: I i completely agree i think one of the reasons that it's people use that as a comparison is because there's not very many people making that type of work
1: yeah, and also we both tend to make small things a lot.
0: Well, I didn't think about that either, the, the scale-wise, yeah. Yeah. in that sense as well, too. Yeah. And for me, it's this sort of um, subtle approach to the object and not overworking it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I hope <laughs> uh, with my self-editing. I mean, that's what's great. You I mean, you know, you're an artist. That's what's so great about making stuff wondering uh, we, whether it's finished or not, or if it's good, and then having to change something if it's bad, which is which becomes a question of, does it need work, working more, or not, or t- something taken away? Or is it overworked, or right? Is it, right, is it overworked, is it underworked? It's gotta be- How long do you sit start- with your objects before you know you're done? It really varies. Sometimes I make them and they work. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's like, funny. It's really weird how It's kind how of it wonderful. Works.
0: Yeah. And then other ones, I'll have other that thing ones, sitting there for months, and I yeah. know something's not right. Me too. And, and you just yep. know, you, yep. and then you switch one thing, and you're like, yep. I'll be damned. And you
1: can't rush it, either. No. It, you have to
0: just sit with it. Yeah. It took me um, a long time to figure that out.
1: That, was ha- that happened once with Hudson, where I made, I think maybe it was more than one work. I made <laughs> works... And they photographed him at the gallery, oh, and I it. said, I don't like those, I want to change them. And he wasn't like really mad at me, but it, but it was more like, well, it, sort of the lesson was from that was make sure before it leaves the studio, really make sure, sit with it. I, I want to
0: read a quick quote from okay. you that was in this uh, article as well, too, because it, it sort of references what we're talking about. You say, what I hope in my pieces is the balance of scene what the things really are and all of it that it implies, their use value, their history, their birth into the world, and at the same time recognizing the works, very formal qualities in terms of color, composition line, where, which is where my part as an artist comes in. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you just said. Yeah, basically.
1: that's sort of my thing. That's like what I'm always saying. <laughs> like, uh, well, that's, that's my thing, I guess.
0: That's pretty great. <laughs> I wanted to really talk about the studio practice and how you put the work together. Do you have, what do you have coming up for exhibitions?
1: Oh, um, really, really exciting. Okay. I am having another big retrospective type show at the new ICA in Los Angeles. What is this? Uh, fall two thousand eighteen. Congratulations. Jamila James is a curator. Jamila's doing it. Yeah, she's actually going to be here next week. She is she's wonderful. She's really, she really curator. nice and really smart. You can. She tell.
0: is. Yeah. She so is. So I'm great.
1: absolutely thrilled. I don't think that's a secret. No, it's not because. Somebody from L.A. said they'd heard congratulations. That. Yeah, so I'm very thrilled. Well, you just that.
0: had your first big museum Yeah, the Baltic
1: show in the UK. It which looked traveled amazing to Madrid. Yeah, where was it in Madrid? Uh, La casa encendida, which yeah. is a great
0: how is that putting putting that together like after all this time to have that museum exhibition come into play and
1: it, Incredible experience I mean, that was a huge thing for me to have that show. Plus, a book. There's a beautiful book that came out published How, by both the Baltic and what was the, what was the date range of the works? Nineteen seventy to two thousand. So it was everything. Yeah. It was really. Yeah. <laughs> what was wonderful? I didn't really have to do much at all. I, it was collaborative, <laughs> of course, as they always are. But uh, Lawrence Sillers, the curator at the Baltic. Another brilliant person basically chose most of the work. Basically, installed it. Right. Most of it. We work together, but my feeling is, if somebody I respect really knows what they're doing, I'm not going to interfere because it's more fun for me to see, to what they see somebody they... else do something with the work. I'm how they the make work. a story out of it too, right? Yeah. 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 And then the designer of the book, Peter Wilberg designed the book. The book is incredible. I mean, he really designed the book with a very good understanding of my work. You know, he put a lot of effort in. So (laughs) it's great. It's like I let other people do it. And, you know, they're really good. When you're
0: thinking about the L.A. show, are you thinking about how that show put together in we've already
1: talked a little bit and i think jamila has some ideas which sound great and i'm kind of and i told her i said of course we're going to collaborate and work together but i'm kind of just you ready you to would, let yeah. you do your thing i mean i'm not a curator I, i'm an artist i yeah. mean i if i had to put up my own show by myself i could do it but i'd rather Somebody else did it. Yeah. It's more fun for me.
0: B, thank you for taking the time. Thank to you for
1: doing this. I really enjoyed it, and you have great questions because I always think I love to talk to people, but I want good questions. Really? So yeah, because I don't <laughs> just I don't just want to stand up and give a spiel. That's not me. I yeah. need questions, and you had very good questions, so I appreciate that. Thank you. And...